Ladies, ladies, you don't have to wait for someone else to show enthusiasm for you. You can do that for yourself. We can do that together. Welcome to the Cup of Glow podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva, and I have the t-shirt to prove it. The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. How do you define hope? Hope is a powerful four-letter word and an acronym for helping others practice empowerment. Our guest today, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins, is a hope life coach who helps others to practice empowerment. She overcame drug addiction and is changing the world through hope. Four years into her recovery in 1991, she founded the nonprofit organization Mothers in Crisis, Inc., where she has helped thousands of families through the power of hope. Mothers in Crises is the founder of the National Month of Hope in April. Hopeologist Rosalind Tompkins is currently leading the Whole Hope Campaign to promote the awareness of hope through public advocacy. She is the published author of her latest book, As Long As There Is Breath in Your Body, There Is Still Hope. Welcome, Dr. Rosalind Tompkins. Thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you. May I call you Dr. Rosalind, Hopeologist Rosalind? Rosalind, what do you want? Well, my name is Rosalind, and that'll be just fine. Well, thank you very much. You have an amazing story. I moved to Tallahassee in 1997. And I can assure you that there wasn't a day that I didn't see one of your billboards or hear a radio spot about Mothers in Crises. Let's start there. What is Mothers in Crises? Well, Mothers in Crisis Incorporated is a nonprofit 501c3 uh, tax-exempt organization that I founded back in 1991 and uh, it started out as just a grassroots movement to help women who were experiencing problems because of drugs and alcohol addiction. Uh, at the time, I had four years clean, and uh, I, was, I was really on a mission to, to help women just like myself to recover because I knew it was possible. That is impressive, let me tell you. What led you to the formation of Mothers in Crises? Well, go a little deeper. A little deeper. Well, see, the thing is, as a social worker, and that's that's my um, uh, that's what my degree is in, and I had been working in the field for uh, a couple years. Um, I was I was really saddened by the help that was available for women at the time when there was a crack cocaine epidemic, and and oftentimes the services that were available were not adequate to really meet the needs of the women. And, and so I was, like I said, I had four years clean. I'd been working in the field with women through another nonprofit treatment program. 
And I just realized, you know, first of all, I need to be able to tell them about Jesus because it was my relationship with him that that was the reason why I was clean. And I knew that there were many other Rosalinds out there that needed to connect on that level, that spiritual level. And and I also felt like that I had a mission that, you know, if I was clean, but my sisters weren't clean, and many times they were being put in jail uh, because they were parenting and they were pregnant and they were using drugs, and children were taken out of the homes, as as you probably you know very well aware of that at DCF, and and I felt like if I'm clean and I have something that can really help them, and I don't, then am I really clean? That was my take on it. So that's why I started Mothers in Crisis, and I organized a group of women that I was working with through the other program, Keeping Mothers Off Drugs. It was a federally grant, federal-funded grant program I, I was um, uh, coordinating at the time, and, uh, and it just kind of grew from there. Well, Mothers in Crisis has been around for quite some time. You said you started it in 1991. Yes. I learned about it through your billboards and other (laughs) advertisements in 1997, and it's still around now. What's the secret to your success? Because you know organizations come and go all the time. Absolutely, and that's a very good question. We're celebrating 30 years uh, this year, 2021. And um, and I, I believe the secret was this. Whenever I started Mothers in Crisis, I always said that it's not a program, but it's an organism. It's a living, breathing thing. And it's not based upon grant funding. So, you know, in the beginning, you know, several years, about 18 years, I wrote grants. Uh, we received money from the state, the city, the county, the United Way, uh, governor's office. We received monies, grant funding, uh, did a lot of projects and programs and direct services. But we always kept that core of women and kept the core belief that whether we had grant money or not, we were committed to being on this mission of helping others to know that as long as there's breath in your body, there is hope. Absolutely. That is definitely a good mission statement. Mm -hmm. You are a hopeologist. How does one become a hopeologist? Well, that is actually uh, my trademark. I've trademarked it with the U.S. uh, Patent and Trademark uh, Office, and it's trademark uh, Class 35, and it is the uh, promotion of the awareness of hope through public advocacy. That's what the Hopeologist is all about, and and we do that in so many different ways. But one of the main ways that we promote this hope that I'm talking about is through April, the National Month of Hope that we're getting ready for, and we have so many uh, different ways that we help people to become more hopeful because after so many years, I, I was in 12 years, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol myself, and now I'm celebrating this year, uh, 34 years clean. And, and what I saw from my own recovery, uh, my own uh, ability to not only stop using, but to overcome and then help others 
was that hope was an ingredient that was needed. And it was it was something that I saw literally change lives of women who and, and whole generations who were just hopeless and really believed uh, back in the day, there was a PSA that showed someone uh, with an egg, an egg for, in a frying pan. Mm-hmm. You probably remember that. And they said, this is your brain on drugs. And it's like you're fried. And it was just, you know, that belief that, that especially with crack cocaine, that once you start it, then it's, it's, it's over. You know, you might as well, you know, hang it up. And what I realized along the way is that there is hope. And to be able to share that powerful force with others, and now it's spread it where it's not just about drugs and alcohol addiction, because there's so many other issues we've been facing, coronavirus, pandemic, and, you know, and then poverty. I've had a chance to travel internationally in various uh, countries, in Africa and in Asia and different places, and just seeing that the world needs hope. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the National Day calendar and the National Month of Hope. Congratulations on that (laughs) recognition and that observance. Yes, yes. Tell us how can we observe it. We know what Mothers in Crisis might do Mm -hmm. and some of your other activities as a hopeologist. But what about Gloria and anyone else who wants to do something? What can we do? That is a wonderful question, and I'm, I'm so glad you asked, because that is what it's all about. What can I do to recognize April as a National Month of Hope? Well, the first thing that we encourage people to do is to Think hope. And there's a process where you can train your brain to become more hopeful because because it and it has to be intentional. So so we encourage people, especially in April, to just begin to take hope breaks. Begin to allow yourself to imagine, you know, not just look at what is and complain about all the things that's happening, but just begin to say, you know, what if? And and yes, things can get better. And then once you become more hopeful, what we're encouraging people to do this year, we have a Balls for Hope campaign, and that is beginning to spread hope to others. And and we talk about we want you to have hope chats where you where you encourage someone else, where you check on others and see how they're doing. And then you encourage them to become more hopeful and and just celebrate hope. That's what we want you to do, to know that hope is a powerful force and it's available to everyone. All right. Well, Rosalind. You have so much in your portfolio that we can just go and go and go with all that we can talk about today. There's the whole hope campaign, the hope universe, yes, and the hope challenge. What's the difference and what's the connection between those elements of hope? Well, it's it's all one. It's all one and it's and it's very simple. Simple. It's very simple. We have five tenets. That, that we are, that we're asking people to observe when it comes to hope. And the first one is this. As you mentioned, hope for us stands for helping others practice empowerment. So what we're saying is 
Hope is action. It's not just I wish, I wish, I wish, I cross my fingers and I wish upon a star. No, this hope is about doing. It's about putting it into practice. So that's the first tenet. And you can do so many things, I mean, just simple things to to brighten someone's day and to help them to feel better about their circumstances. So helping others practice empowerment. The second tenet is hope for self, as I mentioned before, becoming more hopeful, thinking hope, taking hope breaks and and becoming intentionally more positive, more of a positive person. And then the third tenet is hope for family. Because once you become more hopeful and then you're able to see clearly all around you, you would be surprised at how many relatives and especially our young people, my heart goes out to them. They are, they've had such a hard time in 2020 with the pandemic. And then it's just so many other things that they face uh, in society and, and just, just connecting with them on a heart to heart level and helping them to see that, look, there's a brighter day. It's going to be okay. If you keep doing what you're doing, doing the right thing, it will pay off. See, that's that's hope. Hope is for the future. You know, faith is right now, but hope is for the future. And then the, the third component is now hope for and in the community. So we're spreading out. We're going out from the family. We're looking around. What can we do? What boards can we sit on? What what causes can we get behind? What what can we do to help our community, to uplift the community? And then the fourth tenet is hope for the world and the nation, or the fifth tenet is hope for the world and the nation. And we've, we're actually uh, celebrating hope internationally for the first time in April in Pakistan. Uh, they, are, they are so excited about April, National Month of Hope, and they've been out there uh, working and, and doing things in, the, in, the, in their community, all in the name of this hope campaign. Well... Anyone listening can definitely hear the sincerity in your voice and know that Mothers in Crisis and the whole HOPE campaign and everything that you're doing is not just results of getting some grant funding and then you're off and running. We can tell that this is at the gut level and it's within you to do it, Mm -hmm. whether you had the money or not. So I definitely congratulate you on that again. (laughs) Oh, my. Thank you. I listen to your podcast on Blog Talk Radio while reading your book, Multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) I read the book, As Long As There Is Breath In Your Body, There Is Still Hope. And it was quite auspicious that after reading chapter 9, with the stories from Millie and Sharon and several other women, Mm -hmm. that the episode I was listening to had a call-in session, and guess who called? Millie and Sharon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I said, oh, my God, it's meant to be. (laughs) And I could really tell that they, too, are steeped into your message of hope. Mm -hmm. Are they active participants in the organization? Are there still clients, if you will? Or how are they involved? Because they're still doing things. Yes. No, no. We, I call them my hope posse. And, uh, (laughs) but our, our professional name is Christ Vision Tribe. Mm 
And the Christ Vision Tribe uh, consists of Millie Poulos, Nettie Walker-Palmore, Sharon Durham, and my dear husband, Kwame Lewis. So, and, and myself. So we make up the Christ Vision Tribe of Mothers in Crisis. And it's just the five of us doing this whole, whole hope campaign. But I'm telling you, uh, God has really blessed us and graced us to connect with some wonderful people. One of the ways we do that is through our, in 2019, we started the Hopi Awards, which stands for Helping Others Practice Enduring Empowerment. And we, we just went for the stars. Our first year, of 2019, we reached out to uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama, and she reached back. So she has a Hopi Award, and just some of the others uh, that we were able to actually meet, Joel and Victoria Osteen, where we went to da- uh, to Dallas and uh, Houston, and excuse me, and gave them their award, and some of the others that, that we've been able to do. Last year, uh, Oprah Win- Winfrey received an award, Yonla Van Zant, and now this year, we're doing uh, several posthumous awards. Uh, Cicely Tyson's estate and her family, um, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, uh, Representative John Lewis, and just reaching out and, and then locally in the community, civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump and and Dr. Um, Temple O. Robinson, MD, over at Bond Community Health Center. And and that's another way of just promoting the awareness of hope and just reaching out to people and, and giving them hope and encouraging them. It's so amazing how people are so receptive to that encouragement of hope. And whenever we targeted uh, Michelle Obama that first year, I had no idea, no one had any idea that she had depression, uh, several depressive uh, issues that she later talked about in 2020. And and I said, boy, look at God. Everybody <laughs> needs hope, you know? <laughs> Everyone does. It doesn't matter your job, your position in life. We're human first. Right, right. Yes. On this podcast... We always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or fun birthday trivia. Okay. Tell us about your most fun or interesting birthday. Well, hands down, it was my 50th birthday because that's when I met my husband. We've been married seven years, and we actually met online through eHarmony. And uh, we had been talking uh, for a couple of months, and then I was getting ready to turn 50, and I said, why don't you come to Tallahassee, and we'll meet in person for the first time, and then you'll celebrate my birthday with my family and my friends, and, you know, we'll see, you know, what will happen, what's going to happen from there. And I tell you, I said, wow, it just, it, you know, it's like turning 50, you think, okay, now you're, you know, you're slowing down, but no, it it, it just, you know, that's why I love your podcast, <laughs> <laughs> because people don't realize how much fun and how great it is. So I guess in recent memories, uh, that would be my my best birthday so far. Well, great, and thank you, and I'm glad it was your 50th birthday. I would have been happy anyway, but yes, I'm trying to encourage and promote women age 50 and 
older mm -hmm. because sometimes we tend to think the kids are gone. Now we don't have our own life because we spent so much time on the kids mm -hmm. or something else. Have We just lost who we were and right. we're in here. Yes. And we can enjoy life and we don't have to be crazy about it. Right. But we, we're still vibrant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give the woman who may be struggling and needs some hope in her life? Well, I would say, first of all, you have to believe. You know, faith is such a powerful force. As a matter of fact, we know faith, hope, and love are the, are the three most powerful forces in the whole universe. And, and the greatest is love. So, so I would say tap in to those forces of faith, hope, and love, and then allow your life to become something that is purposeful, no matter what season you may be in. It's like I started living whenever I found my purpose after all the hellhole of drug addiction, as you've read the book and you know, and, and many of you are going to see the movie because it's coming too. So, <laughs> but, but I went through all of that. But on the other side of that, it's like I ran into, I bumped into my purpose for, for going through all of that and being here on planet Earth. And, and I would just encourage everyone just to know that, that there is purpose for you, that you're here for a reason. And purpose brings hope, and hope brings power, so you can keep on moving forward. All right. Well, my key word is happiness. Okay. And my ideal state of being is to be happy. So before we close, please leave us with a few more words of wisdom to help us live happy. Happy. Well, <laughs> you know, when you said that, I thought about that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, <laughs> you know, because it, it's, it's something that is a choice, I believe, that happiness is a choice because we all have circumstances in our lives. We, we are all given 24 hours of every day. We all go through things. We have trials and tribulations, and, and it's how you look at them and what you do about them that will determine whether you're happy happy. And, and so I would just say, don't worry and don't sweat the small stuff. Know that there is hope and, and draw on hope until you can become happy because hope will pull you up out of that depressive state. And, and once you start coming up from there, then you can see it's like the sun begins to shine. And then you say, oh yeah, yeah. And then you laugh, you know, laughter is the sound of hope. And so when do we laugh? We laugh when we're happy. And the next thing you know, you're laughing and, and you, don't, you don't even know why. Because oftentimes people think that happiness has to be about when something is happening. No, happiness comes from inside, just like joy. And so whenever you become more hopeful and you start laughing more, you know, and you start looking at things differently, then your whole life will change. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure <laughs> yes. chatting with you today. Thank you. Thanks a lot for your time, Dr. Rosalind, Rosalind Tompkins, Hopeologist Rosalind Tompkins. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's been such an enjoyable time. All righty. Today's program was brought to you by Replay Fitness, Feel Good Again, helping women age 50 and older to retire happy and feel good again. 
To learn more about Replay Fitness Feel Good Again, go to replayfitnessfga.com. Remember to subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. We love what we do and sharing a few minutes with you. Email your questions or comments about the Cup of Glow podcast to Gloria at cupofglow.com. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a date.